Hello, I'm Christy Duncan, founder of Women in Payments, a global network that connects, inspires, and champions women across the global payments industry. Welcome to our Pause for Payments podcast. Every week, we sit down with an inspiring woman leading the way in her field. We'll discuss industry and career-related topics and share personal success stories to inspire and empower the next generation of women leaders. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors for their continued support. With your help, we can go further, faster. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pause for Payments. My name is Christy Duncan, and I am absolutely delighted to be chatting today with Lynn Baldwin, Dr. Lynn Baldwin, excuse me, is president and co-founder of BHMI based in Omaha in the U.S. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. Today, Lynn and I are going to discuss insights from her impressive career on the rewards and challenges of creating and leading a successful technology business. We're also going to talk about her thoughts on where the industry has been and is now going. Lynn, as you know, the payments industry continues to grow and change at a rapid pace, and you have witnessed firsthand much of this evolution over the past 40 years. You're a veteran of the technology landscape in the payments market and also the 2020 Women in Payments Distinguished Payments Professional Award recipient. So let's get started. Lynn, you founded BHMI in 1986 and you have witnessed incredible innovation and transformation in this industry over many of those many years. Can you tell us, how did you start your career journey? I started my career journey. I, I was originally an academic, um, left academia to go into the real world, <laughs> so we speak that way. And I was fortunate in that I was hired by communications in 1979. And I was able to work on their core product called Base24, which came out several years later. I was definitely a programmer kind of person. I worked on DocuTel T3s. I worked on Diebold ATMs. I worked on IBM 3624s. So I was working on technology that the banks were starting to embrace, even though we all say, really, you know, an ATM is really a, a, a big innovation. It was at the time. And I learned a lot by being in a very good place, I guess Gartner Groups calls it a niche market. The product caught on and we did a lot of work with a lot of financial institutions. I personally have never worked for a bank or financial institution. I've always been a person who did software. So those things that I learned when I was first starting in my commercial career are things that I've really used when we started our own company. Fantastic. So you started this company, I believe, in 1986, and you were one of the co-founders in what's now called BHMI. Can you tell us how did that founding come about? Uh, certainly, I could do that. When I was back at ACI, the hardware equipment that we used was Tandem Computers. It's now called HP Nonstop. So we were contacted by Tandem Computers to work with Union Pacific on a new project where we would track rail cars and locomotives using radio frequency technology. We said, sure, we could do that. So two of us sat down and we wrote software for about four months. And at the end of four months, we were able to track rail cars and locomotives across 
Nebraska and Wyoming uh, real time using radio frequency networking. So that was one of the, that was kind of a fun thing for us. Yes. Fantastic. I love your passion for innovating and building new things. That's that's fantastic. So you started doing, you know, radio frequency in the transportation industry. How did that translate then? How did you get from there to payments and financial services within BHMI? Well, very briefly, we were able to reuse our technology background in a number of ways. I'll mention Greyhound bus lines. Uh, People take buses. We were contracted with them to come up with a reservation system and they needed a point of sale that took credit cards. They'd always taken cash. So our background in payments, we were able to help them put together a point of sale system. And we also knew how to talk online real time with the networks like Visa and MasterCard so we could do real time credit card processing for them. So that's just an example of how we were able to use our payments technology in other industries. I love that. So quick question. Sorry, I'm just going to step back a little bit because I think one part that I've missed here is you've got this incredible technology base and you understand where the technology's evolved from over the few decades that you've been working. How did you get into technology in the first place? How did you get from graduating from secondary school to doing technology? Well, briefly, I went to college. I was a mathematics major. And my fiance at the time, his brother, was taking a senior level computer science class. And he thought it was so wonderful. He told me and my fiance at the time we should take that class. Now, at the time, it was a senior level class. He went on to work for IBM. When I took the class, it was a sophomore level class. And when I started teaching computer science, it was a freshman level class. And that was only in a period of about three to four years. So the technology moved very, very quickly, and it continues to keep all of us busy trying to keep up with it. I'll just be honest. It's hard. Yes, but clearly you're at the leading edge, and that's, in my mind, also as a technology geek, um, a fun place to be. Yes. <laughs> so you, I noticed that BHMI is now celebrating its 35-year anniversary. Congratulations. That's absolutely fantastic. How has the company evolved over these last three and a half decades? Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. When we first started, we were uh, basically a custom software house, primarily focused on tandem computers, which were nonstop, and the banking industry loved them, and transportation also uh, started picking up on that technology. As time went on, we branched out into different vertical markets, but I think a turning point when we got to the early 2000s, we were approached by a large financial processor who was wanting a new back office, and they didn't want to do what they call in the trade a forklift for their IBM mainframe. So we came in and said, why do we keep doing batch processing? Let's move to near real time. So this was in the early 2000s, and that was the basis for our concourse financial software suite that we currently have today. So that impetus as a custom project for a client, which took us a while to get done, 
Uh, I'll admit that, but it did uh, back office disputes, it did settlement, it did fees. We had connectivity with 17 different networks at the time. And that was the basis then for our product. And so now, as you look out across the landscape, people can talk about nothing else than real-time payments, right? Real-time payments is the thing. And we're saying, well, we've been able to do near real-time for a long time. And once somebody can do real-time settlement and everything else, then we're right there in the sweet spot. Over the last few years, in the area of disputes, both Visa and MasterCard have now gone with online technology for dispute processing, and we currently also do online with them. So I would say for the industry, moving from batch years and years ago all the way to now embracing real-time payments is just the way the industry is moving forward. Yeah, no kidding. I, I will date myself, but tell you a funny story because I remember shopping as a young girl with my mother who would bring out her credit card to pay for something and the clerk would go under the drawer of the till and pull out a little book that had all the bad card numbers in it right? and check to make sure my mother's card number was not in that list. Okay, fine. It's not there. Off we go. Right. And it was uh, so automated. We used the click clack machines, right? with a little piece of paper so you would be able to have a copy for you and a copy for the store. Yes, I think yes. that's kind of behind us now. <laughs> well, I bet the digital natives in our audience have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> well, we've come a long way, haven't we? Well, and in thanks due to, in large part, to a lot of the work that you have done with VHMI. So thank you for that. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So you've watched the industry move from batch to near, near real time. And, you know, now we're in virtual real time, practically for just about everything. Where do you think the industry is going to go in the next few years? Do you have any insights to that? Well, it's, it's difficult because I'm sure you take a lot of the same publications that we get uh, in the payments industry. Uh, we, we, people talking to blockchain that's been around a while. Uh, Bitcoin, people trying to embrace quicker payments, faster payments. It, it's hard to know exactly where it's going to go. One of the areas that I'm concerned about in payments is, and not just for payments, but other critical data is the cybersecurity issues that are surrounding us today. We spend a lot of people time here with our PCI compliance and making sure that people aren't stealing data from our customer systems. But you read about the breaches. I would say my major concern going forward is how the bad actors out there in the world have continued to find ways to find data about our healthcare systems, our government, never mind the financial industry. So I think the impetus really to protect everything, we have just got to be much more diligent in our cybersecurity going forward, whether it's payments or something else, my opinion. Okay. Yeah, well, I think you're absolutely right. And certainly the pandemic has propelled us forward in the whole digital way of doing things. And that has opened the door for new opportunities for these bad actors. So. I think you're right. I would agree with you that cybersecurity and cybercrime is a big concern that we do need to focus on. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about your amazing career. And 
you know, as a winner of the Distinguished Payments Professional Award, that does not come without some, you know, fantastic learnings over the years. And you're such a great role model for the young rising stars in the industry. So can you tell us first a little bit about what you've enjoyed throughout your career? What's really caught your your interest? Well, I guess what really caught my interest when I like uh, left academia, I never felt like I was doing something important. Yeah, teaching teaching people computer science is great, but I felt like I needed a way to do something that I could say was a personal accomplishment. And over the years, we've been able to do different software systems. We've been able to do software systems which are really innovative. A lot of them are 24 by 7 by 365, and they're in different industries. The other thing that I've really enjoyed besides the different vertical markets, and in one of those markets obviously is not payments, but we do work for the Federal Aviation Administration. And so we have a 24 by 7 by 365 application that works for the government that is used by airlines and military for their weather services. This is not payments, right? But the magnitude of being able to do significant systems that run today that we started many, many years ago. Union Pacific, for example, 1987, 1988. Greyhound is still using our software all these years. So the longevity of the software and being able to do significant projects for customers where those projects are really the core of their business. That has been really a a thrill for me. And payments obviously is now gotta be 24 by seven by 365 or people are just not gonna put up with it. The other thing that I have really enjoyed is having a staff who is capable and very considerate of what the customer's needs are. And I can go out and sell software knowing that the company behind me has the capability to deliver. I think those are the important things to me. That's so inspiring. You're absolutely right. We spend so much of our waking hours working with colleagues and people at our offices and at our clients. And it's so much, it makes a huge difference when you enjoy the people you work with. And, you know, you as the leader, you set the tone. So good for you. You've clearly put together a very positive team. Thank you. I'd like to close again a little bit on the career topic by asking a question that I ask all of our guests on the Pause for Payments webinar. And that is, Lynn, if you could share some nuggets of career wisdom with the rising stars in our audience, what might those be? One of the things I learned, and again, being of a programming background, One of the things I learned pretty early on, once I got into the commercial marketplace, is you can never dodge being wrong. If you are wrong, you've got to say, I was wrong, and I'll go fix it. You can't hide behind telling, it wasn't my fault, right? You have to own your mistakes, and you have to fix them, or you have to figure out that it wasn't a mistake and explain how it wasn't. (laughs) But anyway, that would be one of the things One of the other things is not expecting other people to do your job. That that is a job killer, in my opinion, in a career. And I've seen people in my life, 
where they didn't know how to do something, so they tried to get somebody else to do it for them and claim credit. That's that's a career killer in my in my opinion. You you have to be able to do your own work. Obviously, you need training. You have mentors that help you. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be successful, people have to see that you're the one that did the work and you're the one that made it a success. Fantastic. Words that ring so true. Thank you so much for sharing those. This has been a fabulous discussion, Lynn. I love your insights. They are something that I think will help the audience to navigate their careers in the financial services and payments industry. Clearly, you've got so many different industry verticals. If I were a a chair of a board, I would absolutely be recommending you to a board role in any industry, it sounds like, because your experience lends itself to so many different, different industry verticals. I appreciate that. Thank you. So thanks for sharing your journey with BHMI today. It's been so fabulous hearing your whole story, how you started BHMI, how uh, you have really evolved it over the years, how you've built this amazing team that you really enjoy spending time with and who are so concerned and supportive of your customers and their needs and delivering fantastic service. And understanding the future of the payments and the technology, how you have worked to shape it and drive it from batch processing, which are exactly. I'm sure our digital natives in our audience don't even know what that is, <laughs> to, to real time. And, and then your concerns about cybersecurity, which I think are absolutely bang on. So thank you so much for your leadership over these decades, Lynn. Thank you for sharing some of your insights here today. And thank you for taking the time to, to be a leader and to teach the rest of us. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you very much. Thank you to our audience today for listening. And I encourage all of you to join us online for the many other Pause for Payments webinars that we host with inspirational leaders just like Lynn from around the world of payments. Pause for Payments is produced by Women in Payments. And you can learn more about us at womeninpayments.org. You can also sign up to be a member and gain access to our global membership portal, where you'll find the latest industry trends, exciting career opportunities, and so much more, all created by women for women. All of our episodes can be found on many good podcast streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to rate and subscribe. It really helps us to get found by others. Thanks, everyone, for listening.